Hello and welcome to Bereaved Motherhood and All Entails. I'm your host, Mackenzie, and on today's episode, we're going to be talking about helping living children process the death of their sibling and everything that that can entail for your child and the effects that it can have for the living sibling or siblings that are left behind. So as parents, we, of course, grieve the loss of our children and our loss is a very unique loss, but something that we have to keep in mind is when a child or any person for that matter passes away, it affects a multitude of people and a multitude of people are going to grieve over that baby's passing. And if that child had or has older brothers or sisters, those siblings are going to be affected by their own loss. And yes, their loss is different than yours as the mom or the dad. They have lost a sibling and chances are they are a child experiencing this loss rather than an older adolescent or adult. Of course, I understand families can come in all shapes and sizes and kids can be spaced a variety of, you know, different years apart, but more often than not, we're talking about younger children that are experiencing death potentially for the first time up close and personal. And more likely than not, it's probably the first time that they're experiencing the death of a peer or another child baby, which is different than if grandma or grandpa or great grandma or great grandpa or, you know, great Sally or somebody like that passes away. This is very personal and intimate. And so it's important as a parent, although you're going through your own grief and you're processing this and you're on your own journey, that we also know how to support our living children as they're processing their grief because there is that relationship. Regardless if your son or daughter came home and died of SIDS or some type of choking accident or, um, sleep accident or whatever the cause of passing was, um, or if it was a stillbirth where the baby never actually came home, but you know, your older child or children knew there was a baby in mommy's tummy and saw mommy get bigger and bigger. And maybe felt the baby move and saw ultrasound pictures, potentially heard the heartbeat or saw a sonogram or any of those types of things. You know, they saw you getting stuff ready for the baby. They heard the baby talked about all this stuff. It was very much a part of their life. This is a real person. And so there is real loss regardless of exactly how your um, situation unfolded. So within this episode, everything that I'm talking about is peer reviewed. This is all research based. This is not my personal experience. I lost my firstborn child. So I did not have older siblings, older children that were processing Maverick's passing. Um, so I can't speak from this point, um, firsthanded, but I have done a lot of research. And so everything I'm sharing today is peer reviewed and what the quote experts recommend. And one thing I saw over and over again was the idea that you need to use simple words, but also direct words to talk about death. So don't try to make alliterations, you know, don't try to talk in these fancy words and avoid using just the simple words of, 
so-and-so has died. They went to heaven, right? When we use abstract language, it can be really confusing to children. Even if you say, you know, well, mommy lost the baby. Well, what does that really mean, right? If your child lost their toy, they very well may find it again. You know, we didn't, I know it's like common practice to say, oh, you know, they lost their child, but we didn't misplace our child, right? We know where our child is. And so it's important to use real acute language when dealing with with dealing with older children so that they understand exactly what happened. You know, you can say like, you know, your little sister's heart quit beating, you know, little brother quit breathing and he went and he met Jesus or whatever your belief system is, but use those simple, concrete, direct statements so that your child understands what it is you're talking about. That is first and foremost, very important because we have to have our verbiage. We have to have our language clear so that they understand and we don't need to confuse them or create, um, further, confusion and maybe upset upsetting them in a way because of our vernacular you know because of the language we're using in that vocabulary and then another important thing is to just listen to your child just like for us as parents it can be so good to just have someone to listen to us that shoulder to cry on that person that's just there rather than someone that's trying to come in and fix us or give us advice the same is true for your child. It's important to just be there and listen to their feelings. What are they thinking? What are they feeling? Um, and then to comfort them in the best way that you can. You know your child best, so you know the best ways in which to comfort them, in which to support them, and in which ways that they show and feel love the best. And so it's important to give your child those things. It's also important in that sense for them to feel secure, for them to know mommy still loves you, daddy still loves you, that you're safe, you're okay. Um, it can be scary for kids when they learn of a sibling or somebody their own age passing away, even if, you know, they lose a parent or something that can be very scary because it probably is going to remind them of, or for the first time, make them aware of their mortality, but that's not something that should be scary in and of itself. You know, it's very appropriate to say, you know, we all are going to die, but most people die when they're old and after they've lived a full long life so you don't need to be scared of dying like you're healthy your body works really good your heart's strong all these things now i know that for our children that passed away sometimes we lost perfectly healthy children and that can be very alarming um, for us as parents but our child our young children don't necessarily have to know that, hey, their baby brother, their baby sister was 100% healthy and then was gone. Um, and that's where you can just say, you know what, their heart stopped beating. But, you, you know, you do feel your heart. Yeah, you feel mommy's heart. You know, our hearts are still beating. So everything, you know, is okay. And usually, you know, people die when they're older and, and all that kind of stuff. So you can provide comfort even while being direct. Um, if your child doesn't want to ask questions if they don't really have anything to share that's okay don't be pushy don't make them talk to you don't make them open up to you they might just be internal processors or they might not have anything to say or to add um although i never 
had the experience of having older children when I lost my son, I am a teacher. And so when I went back into the classroom, you know, my students all knew that I was pregnant. So like we had to have these conversations. And even in years past, when you talk about family, um, I always include my son. I don't leave him out. And I talk about how he lives in heaven, you know, and how he, he died as a baby. And my students are so sympathetic. They're all, they're always like, oh my goodness, that's so sad. Or I'm so sorry. And I get great love and support from my students. Now, yeah, sometimes they say dumb, silly things that, you know, would be potentially really hurtful if it came from an adult. But I remember that I'm dealing with eight-year-olds and, you know, you have to keep that in mind. Um, but usually children are very understanding and accepting. I've never had it scare a child or be like, oh my goodness, does that mean my baby brother or sister is going to die? Does it mean I'm going to die? Again, I get it's different because it's a student with a teacher rather than someone in the same home. But you have to give children, I think, a lot more credit than society as a whole does. And they're a lot more capable of understanding and processing than oftentimes adults um, give them credit for. And so just allowing them to speak and share as they feel like it. And they might not have all these deep things or all these worries or concerns. You know, maybe they will, but maybe they won't. And if they don't, that's okay. Don't push it. Don't try to force them to have all these, you know, great concerns and intellectual deep thoughts and ideas. Um, Kids are more often than not, not that way. They just kind of accept the fact for the fact. It can also be important that when you're grieving, your child's obviously going to see that. And that's good. You know, children need to see parents handling emotions and processing things, even if what they're processing is really difficult and challenging. And so one way that you can help your child in that is to put your feelings into words, to verbally express what it is you're feeling. So you can talk about, yeah, mommy's crying because mommy's really sad. She misses your baby sister. She misses your baby brother. And it makes mommy really, really sad. And so that's why she's crying. Mommy's having a, you know, a hard day because she misses your sibling. And just having that honesty and explaining to them why you're feeling what you're feeling or why you're expressing the emotion that you're expressing and you don't have to always like put on this act. It's okay for them to see you grieve and mourn. It's teaching them how to do that and that grief is okay. And not only is it okay, it's natural and it's a normal process and it's very important. And you know, that's something that that's often not taught today in children. People have no idea how to grieve or what is expected in grief. It's kind of taboo. It's often kind of hidden in a closet and it's mysterious. Um, and we teach our children everything else in life. So why not also teach them how to grieve and that different people are going to grieve differently. So when you grieve different than your husband, you know, your husband can be like, well, I feel this way. Like I'm sad too, but I'm not crying in my sadness. I'm doing, you know, whatever it is daddy's doing in his sadness. Whereas, you know, mommy's crying in her sadness or, you know what, mommy needs some alone time to process and to think because she misses, you know, your baby brother or your baby sister or whatever. So putting your emotions into words is really important. Also, when you see them having a hard time putting their emotions into words, if you see them obviously upset, you can be like, you know, are you sad about your sibling. And when they say, yeah, she can be like, you know, that's okay to be sad. Mommy's sad too. Mommy feels this way and validating their feelings, supporting 
comforting them and helping them be able to recognize and identify what they're feeling. And I mean, that's an important, an important skill for children regardless. And so this can be an opportunity to really teach that um, and reinforce these ideas. Um, it's also important to communicate with your ch- with your child. So tell your child what to expect. Um, oftentimes, you know, the death of our children, it greatly affects our life. It can change things. So maybe things are going to look a little bit different. And you know, obviously, what that looks like, what that means. And so you explain that to your child. You explain what the changes are and why they're happening. Children thrive in structure, in routine, being able to expect what's going to happen next. So when that is changed, um, it's important to communicate with them what's been changed and why and how it's going to look now. And just having that open communication and explaining to them okay yes maybe normally mom picks you up from school but you know mommy's really sad because she misses your baby brother so daddy's gonna pick you up from school or your you know aunt jill is or your uncle tom is or whoever they're gonna pick you up or you know your grandmother's gonna pick you up and so maybe there's gonna be some changes in their routine so explaining that to them so that you still are providing them with as much like structure as you can because again children still need that so if the routine is changing that needs to be communicated to them and hopefully still being able to keep somewhat of a routine where their whole life doesn't get thrown on their heads where there's still some things to um, expect that is in their normalness that's really going to help support your child and providing that stable environment and it's going to help them in their own grief but when those changes do come about explain it to them don't surprise them by it and that'll be really helpful and then you can explain everything that's going on surrounding you know the death of their brother or sister you can explain about a funeral or memorial service you can explain about a viewing you know you can explain what's going to happen kind of give them an idea of what to expect it's obviously a very personal decision whether or not you choose to have your child attend the memorial service to attend a viewing to come up to the hospital like if your child died at the hospital and to hold their brother or sister and to meet them in that way but just as studies show that that's so beneficial in the long run for parents it also shows that that's beneficial for the children as well because it allows us to see that yes they have died when we see somebody and they're alive and then they pass away even if it's you know their grandmother or grandfather and they never see them past it can be really hard to comprehend that they're no longer here that they died because the child just sees a live grandmother grandfather and then that person vanished from their life they never saw them actually deceased and that actually we know from studies and research helps compute in the brain that yes this person's really gone and that's true for adults And so just think how much more true that is for children who are such concrete thinkers. So if you at all are comfortable with it, I highly recommend allowing that. Obviously, you know your child best. You're going to want to prep them appropriately. Um, You can get advice from the funeral home. They deal with this all all the time. They help families navigate this. They're a wonderful resource and support. You can talk to your nurses and doctors at the hospital. They also um, can be very helpful in this. But um, that can be really, really helpful for them to at least meet their brother, meet their sister, hold them, especially if they've never met them before. And even if they have, for them to say, yeah, you see, you know, 
little sister, little brother, their heart quit beating. Now they're in heaven. And, and by visually seeing their brother or sister, they're going to see the difference that, yeah, there has been a change and that's going to help them understand what's happened and make it more real for them. So that is a really important thing as well. And then if they do, if you do choose to allow them to go to these type of events, explaining kind of what's going to happen and giving them that to like look forward to so they know what to expect and kind of how to process all of that. Um, and then helping your child remember the person. And as parents, we want everybody to remember our children. So not being afraid to keep them a part of your life and your child's life, you know, not being afraid to display pictures or to look through photo albums or to watch videos or to just have conversations about their brother or sister and talk about, you know, maybe what do we think their favorite food would be or their color would be, or just including them in those daily conversations when they draw pictures of their family you know, encouraging them to include their past brother or sister because they are still part of the family, right? And we want them remembered and honored. Maybe you have them help you with choosing things to put out to decorate maybe a memorial shelf or their grave at a cemetery or where their urn is or whatever it is um, that you have them. You know, they can be a part of that. They can be a part of birthday party celebrations or any of the kind of thing that you choose, they can be very involved in that whole process, which is really, really awesome. And then you have to give your child time. You know, some kids, it may come and go their grief. They may be doing really well and then struggle with it and then be doing well and struggle with it. Other kids, you know, may seem not as affected and then later down the road become much more effective affected you know other kids may be affected at first and then pretty seemingly soon kind of like move on from it and we can't hold a grudge over our child and how they grieve just like we don't want people judging us the same goes for our children but we just have to give them that time and that space to kind of process this loss and understand it and as they get older you can have deeper and deeper and more meaningful discussions but this will just be an ongoing conversation an ongoing piece and just something that um, will always be a part of their story your story and your family and just kind of recognizing that I know in our home, we have uh, Maverick's younger siblings to tell him goodnight every night. We have a picture of him in their bedrooms where they can kiss his picture and we tell him goodnight. You know, we talk about how they have this big brother and um, how special he is and we include him in our family. We talk about him and we just kind of try to make it the norm so that they're going to grow up with this. And the same can be true, you know, with older siblings. It's just that that reminder, that inclusion of the baby, of the child, and the importance that that is. So that is um, basically the top things that I found in my research about advice for parents for trying to help them process um, the loss when you're dealing with children. And obviously, if your child's really struggling, if there's, if you feel like you're really um, struggling in this path with your child and that you need extra support in this or that your child themselves just needs extra support, there are children counselors available. And again, it can take a while to find a good fit, but if that's a road you want to go down, there's plenty of options available where your child can get professional help or where you can get some professional guidance and help on how to best help your child. You know, there's different ways to go about it. Um, but that can be really helpful for 
some families, for some parents, for some children. Um, it tends to not be needed for the majority, but that is definitely an option. And it's never a bad thing to just check all your boxes, to make use of any option that you have available to you. You know, some kids may really thrive and do well from that. And other kids might not really need it. And, you know, it'll be very apparent um, at the beginning whether or not this is helpful or just kind of a waste of time or even potentially, you know, not being helpful. So um, it never hurts to try and there's always those resources available. Some amazing books I really recommend is um, My Sibling Still and it's just written about one sibling missing their other sibling. Um, it's generic as to whether the sibling that passed is older or younger. So it's great for either situation but that's an awesome, awesome book. Um, and it has pictures, so it's great for younger children too. It uses simple words. Um, there's the invisible string, which just talks about how no matter how far away we are from each other, we'll always love one another. We're always connected. Um, so that's really sweet. It doesn't necessarily pertain to just death. I think there's one page about a grandfather that passes away. Um, but that's the only thing specifically with death, but just that concept. And after you read it, you know, you can talk about how there's that string between them and their brother or their sister and how they're always connected in all of life and that the distance of the world can't separate them and their love for one another. And so that can be a comforting story as well. That's popular in the lost community for um, lost siblings. Um, and then there are books written specifically for the loss of a brother or a sister. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely just encourage you to get out there, get some good books. Um, I believe Tear Soup is something you could totally read and make age appropriate. It's, I think, actually technically written for adults, but it just talks about how everybody grieves things differently and it talks about a bunch of different types of losses and how everybody kind of has their own tear soup that helps them. And so that can be another great way when you, you would need to discuss the book so that they understand like the alliteration and metaphors in it. Um, but it can be a great conversation piece, especially if they're a little bit older about how we all grieve different and they need to do what's best for them. Just like mommy's doing what's best for mommy and daddy's doing what's best for daddy. And it can kind of just really help explain grief and that process, um, and make it okay and healthy. And so that can be another fun book as well. Um, but yeah, that is, those are my top book suggestions and just having this ongoing conversation with your child can be really helpful, supporting them, loving them, um, and not having an expectation of how they should or shouldn't act or how you think they should or shouldn't grieve or any of that. And of course, if you're concerned, professional help is always, always available. And just because you try it doesn't mean you have to sign up for it long-term. You know, it can always be something you try and stop rather quickly or, um, you know, maybe it'll be really helpful or maybe it won't. And regardless, it is there, but definitely having those open, open conversations, reading those books, you know, you can go around and just go on walks and find things in nature that remind them of their brother and sister. 
um, all those kinds of little things. Just include them in the process and in the grief and um, still try to keep their life as stable and routine based as possible. Even if those routines need to change a little bit, if there can be some normality and some regularity in their day, that's really, really helpful for a child to feel safe. But you should also expect, you know, some more outbreaks, more emotions because they're grieving and because you know, you're grieving and so things in their life have changed and that can be very unsettling um, to children just when that, you know, routine and that structure is broken up. And so understanding that and expecting that um, and just being patient with them is, is very important. And again, I'm just so sorry that you find yourself here. I'm so sorry that your child finds themselves um, in this lost club as well. And just know that my heart goes out to you guys, um, to all of you mamas, and you're always in my in my heart. You're always in my prayers. And I just can't thank you enough for being here, for taking time out of your day to listen to this. And I hope it's been an encouragement to you. I hope it's been helpful. And if you ever have topic suggestions, if you ever want to share your story, or if you just want to connect, please shoot us an email at maverickjohnconnis at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Um, and we upload new episodes every Friday at 3 a.m. Eastern time. And or sorry, at 12 a, uh, yeah, 3 a.m. Eastern time and 12 a.m. Pacific time. Sorry, I got that a little backwards in my brain. Um, so thanks for being here and we hope to see you next week. Have a wonderful rest of your week and know that you have a community of moms here that love you and support you and are thinking about you. And with that, we will talk again next week. Thanks for being here.